Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You've reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Liz. And Matt. We are talking Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots and Josh Gordon on IR. Manuel Sanders to my 49ers. Carrion Johnson also on IR, but don't worry, it's Ty Johnson season. A preseason post-mortem. Plus our matchups of the week. Buffalo, Philadelphia. Tennessee and Tampa Bay. And all the info you need for daily fantasy. Bargains and fades. And maybe a really hot statement about Jamal Williams. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Liz Lozo here with Matt Harmon, our fearless, freshly shaven, and that's all I'm going to say about it, leader Brett Raider is producing the bananas out of this show already. Thank you, everyone, for joining me, us. Thank you. (laughs) It's good to be here, Liz. (laughs) Do you know who else might be feeling really good about their new geographical location? Um, A certain former Rutgers player. Yes, one Mohamed Sanu. I love that you went deep and didn't say Falcons. You could have said Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, yeah, that's a real vintage throwback. But, you know, I, I got to go, go, go all the way to college, you know, because that's the that's the thing. Uh, Patriots, players, Rutgers. You haven't, I've heard every every person mention that so far, so I wanted to make sure I said that. You know, Bill Belichick, he loves his uh, Rutgers players. Uh, look at the McCourty guys. My cousin, Duran Harmon, playing for the team, former Rutgers player. Interesting, since he himself and his daughter went to Wesleyan, which they do call Little Brown. Can't all be regular old Brown University. Roasted in what? a big You know who spot, else went to Brown? Bill. Speaking of the Patriots, pride and joy of College Hill, James Devlin. Currently resting on IR. Yeah, well, Sony Michelle feels that. But let's talk about Sanu because I do think it's interesting. We're going to talk about the other blockbuster trade. I do think it's interesting that the only undefeated team in the AFC went out and got a vet who is versatile and reliable. And that's especially as Josh Gordon is going on IR. I think that says a lot about an undefeated mentality. He's not a flashy player. In fact, I would argue that Philip Dorsett might be the only field stretcher left in this receiving core. Um, But we know that Sanu is versatile, outside possession receiver, check. Big slot guy, check. In fact, he spent 77% of his time this year in the slot. Former quarterback at times, check. Highest pass rating in the history of the NFL. Check, check, check. I have to imagine, dear Matt, Mm -hmm. that because, I mean, it's interesting because you got Jacoby Myers in the mix. We're going to talk about, I talked about him on FFL last Sunday. Julian Edelman. Edelman owns the slot. 
in New England. So you have to imagine that they're going to kick Sanu out wide most of the time. Maybe, but we've seen... I mentioned Myers, obviously, because he also has spent like a chunk he's of his a, time he's in the been, slot. He's yeah. been a slot player, too. So, I mean, I think they can work with two inside players. The trade's weird, right? Because, like, Sanu's versatile, yeah, and, like, he's he's a great three for Atlanta that has an alpha and then a really good number two in Calvin Ridley, and then Sanu can kind of chip in outside. He can chip in in the slot. He can do some of the trick plays. But, th- I mean, this trade, I- I'm not going to be dumb enough to, like, question the Patriots, right? But, like, I mean, it's basically a third-round pick because this, this they're right. going to win the Super Bowl, and this will be at the end of the second round. So who really cares, especially for a contending team? And he's not overly expensive next year. So, And apparently they wanted to trade for him before the or like during the NFL draft season, right? So the he has Patriots been a, had reached out in the spring, but Atlanta didn't want to do it, and now they thought they Atlanta were going to be good and want, want, want. Right? They have to free up some space. But I mean, this offense really needs help because Gordon, who's obviously now on IR, he hasn't really been a great starting receiver for them. He's not the same downfield explosive player he was even just last year with the Patriots he's mostly been used on like middle of the field in breaking routes which that's good because that's what Muhammad Sanu does well especially when you can get him lined up against zone coverage Edelman like they're pretty much Edelman or bust in the wide receiver core despite Myers looking I mean just honestly for real life purposes like their offense just doesn't have a lot of counter punches right now through the air I mean do you think that's because Dorsett can't stay healthy well, Dorsett's like also just a guy too to me. I mean, he's been pretty good for them, but he's not even a downfield threat either. His it's the closest thing they have to twelve point nine average depth of target leads the team. He's the only one among the wide receivers that's in double digits right now. So I mean, there's just not a lot of vertical ability in this offense, and it hasn't shown up yet. But it's just a stark contrast from think about week two. Like they go out in week one and completely drop a hammer on the Steelers. Then they and they have Antonio Brown in the mix then. And now we're talking about is Muhammad Sanu the new key to this receiver core? It's just it's, life comes at you pretty fast here in New England. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're going to win the Super Bowl. It, it really, really doesn't matter. But I mean, it's just an interesting trade from a real life perspective. From a fantasy perspective, I, I think when you said Julian Edelman or bust, I don't feel like messing with Sanu. I don't I don't want to mess with any of these pieces in the receiving core outside of Edelman. I mean, there might be some matchups where I'm like, oh, this guy is a really bad outside. There's a, a cornerback that gets hurt and there's uh, a nice outside ma- outside matchup to exploit. But for the most part, also, you know, Mohamed Sanu is 30 years old. He's a veteran. He's been in the league for a long time. I have no doubt that he can pick up playbooks at, at a faster clip than obviously a younger player. But Moving, I'm with the exception of the Amari Cooper trade last year. I am generally not high on guys moving teams midseason. Emmanuel Sanders is different, and we'll yep. talk about. It. I think yep. we probably under, both are in agreement as to yep. why. But I'm not chasing this at any at any for any reason. No, I mean if if the news on your waiver wire, you can add it. Sure, whatever. But overall, I think he's just going to, like you said, be a bye week filler type of thing. Myers does kind of look like a keeper. He's caught all of his targets each of the last two games. So Super efficient. That's a fine. I mean, look, Tom Brady's done a lot. I mean, I think Tom Brady looks just fine this year, and that's okay. Like, just fine. So this passing offense just really isn't something that, like, back in week one, I thought, like, okay, I want all the pieces attached to this passing offense, and now we're just looking at a totally different landscape here. Um, but my, I think the biggest question that we haven't hit on yet from this trade, and this is a big one, over-under 
four and a half passes thrown for Mohamed Sanu as a member of the New England Patriots, playoffs included. Total? Four and a half passes thrown. Oh, thrown from, not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, he throws. It's four and a half. Uh, under. Under. You're going to yeah, go under? Yeah. Oh, I'm going over. I'm going over on four and a half. I'm, I think Mohamed Sanu, they're going to, like, I don't know when they'll bring it out. Like a Philly special situation? Yeah, I don't know when they'll bring it out, but that guy is chucking some balls okay. for, for the Patriots. Let me let me tell you that. Well, while Mohamed Sanu chucks balls, you should also mention, as as Matt mentioned, think about. Think about stashing Jacoby Myers because he is still available in 95% of leagues. Let's talk about Emmanuel Sanders to the Broncos. I'm sorry, Emmanuel Sanders from the Broncos to the San Francisco 49ers. To, to my San Francisco 49ers, thank you. Okay. So Emmanuel Sanders, another veteran, another really, uh, again, the only other undefeated team in the league, the only undefeated team in the NFC, makes a trade for what a veteran who is reliable per PFF, he, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, had the third most catchable targets without a drop behind Larry Fitzgerald and, surprisingly, Cortland Sutton. I love that Cortland Sutton is in there because, to me, from a fantasy perspective, Sanders gets an upgrade. I don't think this is a lateral move for him because now he doesn't have to be the wide receiver, too, playing a volume game with Cortland Sutton. He gets to man the slot by himself. He gets an upgrade in play caller, even though they come from the same tree. He actually gets... You know, the creator, well, I guess Mike Shanahan is a creator, but Kyle Shanahan is the current creator, and Skangs is one of the offshoot branches. And I think he gets a quarterback with much more upside than Joe Flacco. So from a fantasy perspective, I'm not saying that Emmanuel Sanders is going to be, you know, a top 20 play every week, but I do think he could sneak into low-end wide receiver two range, which is what we wanted to see him do after being so wowed by his Achilles recovery. Yeah, I love this trade, obviously, because they needed the help, right? Like, the youngsters on this team have not oh, come right. through. Hey, Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis, it's not working out. Debo Samuel's been a little banged up. Jalen Hurd and Trent Taylor are both not expected to return this year. At least that's what Kyle Shanahan is, is starting to sound like. And both those two, I think those were going to be their primary interior players, especially Trent Taylor. So now you kick, like, Richie James and Kendrick Bourne and, like, these total jags out of here you put Sanders who can play flanker and play slot I think coming over in the middle of the season from Scangarello's offense is huge because yep. the verbiage the scheme the timing of it should be good and you know this thought dawned on me in the off it's like the second godfather as opposed to the first full admission like everyone says that the second godfather is the only sequel that was better than the original yeah I have not seen The Godfather or The Second Godfather, but I hear that's a thing. So, so you're, so, so you're, I'm I agree with the like, statement, right? So he's coming from Skangs, which was like, oh, never mind. I guess it doesn't work. Maybe it's like The Dark Knight, also a sequel that's probably better than the oh, uh, first. Yeah, yeah, see, there you go, nailed the it. Problem is that the first one is, but he's coming from like he's coming from like Bill and Ted's funky journey into Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, no, here it is. This is it. It's like... You have to keep this in. It's like oh, going are. from Scream 2 Obviously. to Scream because Scream is... Well, now we're just going backwards. Iconic. Right, but Kyle Shanahan is the original. So he is going from a sequel to a cult classic. Oh, yeah. There, there we go. There, so That's I, the Scangarello. Nailed it. Right. Scangarello, you're I don't know if I nailed it. That's America has been I mean, waiting for <laughs> I mean, you I, I got mean, around 
to it. Uh, but, geez, anyway. what the hell was I going to say? Oh, okay. This thought dawned on me in the offseason, too. You know, I spent so much time with wide receivers doing reception, perception, charting all the routes, blah, 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 blah. And it also dawned on me that be- because I'm spending so much time with these wide receivers, I'm spending time with all the quarterbacks, too. And you really start to see what quarterbacks like what type of wide receivers. And I think that the type of wide receiver that Emmanuel Sanders is jives really well with the type of quarterback that Jimmy Garoppolo is when this system is running at its best, which is timing, rhythm throws, quick strike, all that sort of stuff. That was really, we all keep coming back to this uh, Marquise Goodwin, Jimmy Garoppolo 2017 end of year connection. Mm. That was really when Marquise Goodwin was at his best as a timing separation route runner. And I I think we've seen that kind of come and go since then. But Sanders is that player, like the player that Goodwin was in that stretch. That's who Sanders has always been. So I think because of his familiarity with the uh, the system and also just that fit with the quarterback, I really like this move for his for his fantasy value. And even this week, I, I have it in my bold predictions. In our for our group article this week, I think he finds the end zone this week because I think you I think you Against can play Carolina I think Panthers. you can play him right away. And I know people are afraid of the Carolina pass defense, and rightly so. Their pass rush has been overwhelming. Their secondary has been pretty good, but DJ Chark stung them for two touchdowns and a bunch of yards back in week whatever the hell it was. Chris Godwin has gone for 151 on 10 catches the last time they faced each other, and then in week two scored and went for 120 yards. So this secondary can be beaten, especially from these guys like Godwin who move around the formation. I think Sanders can be that player. This is going to be a low-scoring game where I'm not totally thrilled about a lot of the fantasy options. But for a bold prediction, I think Sanders can get into the end zone in his first game with the 49ers. I love that you – I love it. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, employ it myself on any of my – I don't know if I am either, but we got to – make content (laughs) we do and the player that was my bold prediction is a part of the detroit lions who just lost carry on johnson to ir so let's Mm. talk about that because oh the internet really believes it's ty johnson season (sighs) in fact he was the most added player on our game last this week uh he's uh, his his percentage own is up 73 we love the matchup versus the Giants. They just got lit up by Chase Edmonds, another backup for 150 total yards. So we know we can do it. But I have to imagine um, Matt, well, he is, you know, the number one priority waiver ad in a great stream for this week and great in DFS because of his price, all the things. Long term, what are we thinking? And also, I am optimistic about what this means for the passing game and for we saw Marvin Jones go off last week. We've seen Kenny Galladay consistently produce at the top of the season. TJ Hawkinson, who my bold prediction was about, is getting at least one red zone look every damn week. He is missing a touchdown every week. I got to believe he puts it together against the Giants who have given up, what, like 12 receiving scores, 10 receiving scores on the season. So moving forward. Carry on affects the loss of him affects this offense. How in your estimation? Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. And this team overall, to me, I'm writing about this this week. This was a team that kind of came out and immediately looked like much more interesting than I expected. And now they've dropped three in a row and not like they didn't get worked over in those games. They lost pretty close to Kansas City. They obviously had some unfortunate officiating uh, events go on in Green Bay. And then last week, they just lost a shootout, 30-42 uh, to 42 against Minnesota Vikings. 
I think, though, the carry on Johnson to Ty Johnson, Johnson to Johnson uh, action there, you, you it really is emblematic of the entire team, which is that they just don't have a very good margin for error. And there's a lot of like, like, because their, their drop off, their depth is not good, right? Like, they've got some good starters, even the wide receiver course, perfect example. Like, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, that's a really good one two punch. It's rough after them, right? Like the back, the jump between carry on to Ty Johnson's pretty rough. I think on defense, you can look at it the same way. Like they just traded a safety to see the uh, Quandre Diggs to the Seattle Seahawks, and everyone's pissed about it. Like the Darius Slade chirped about it right away. There's a, just a weird. Well, he can't stay healthy, and he can't. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like Mike the, Daniels the, isn't healthy. He's missed two in a row, so their run defense is super vulnerable. I saw Snacks Harrison go down. Go last down week. last week, and and the drop off from Snacks and Mike Daniels at defensive tackle right. to then the next guys bad the drop off from Darius Slay and the guy across from him to the next group bad like Justin Coleman's still a stud though but he's a slack guy so I'm still, talking about just the, I know just but... the outside guys you're right but it's just the whole team right now feels a bit like it's starting to correct into the group that I was worried it was going to be like a, a sweater that's starting to fray or shrink on you you know and you, no one wants that around the holiday season so that is what happens during the holidays <laughs> all my sweaters feeling a little extra snug this time of year right? it's the sweaters it's, it's not all the pasta I had for dinner yeah the, I not, just yeah. I washed I dried it a little too yeah long. exactly yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the turkey should have hung that one out to dry yeah. but I don't want to hang out to dry all of the people who added ty johnson off waivers because here's the deal like i went crazy for him in the league that i have carry on johnson the huevos league which i'm just i don't even know what the point is i've had Devonte adams will fuller like all these guys that are just going down left and right carry on johnson obviously it's just it's the worst but anyways nobody but, wants to hear about your no one wants to hear about that but my reasoning for going after johnson's like i just don't see many more opportunities where like okay we're midway through the season bye weeks are going to start to come and go like he's the ultimate example of like okay it's time to start thinking about stashing some of these backup running backs because if starters go down like a carry on johnson for an extended stretch like whatever ty johnson is he's probably going to be a top 30 33 running back every week simply because of volume and i mean we, we got good indicators last week 10 carries four targets four catches 64 percent of the snaps against the Vikings last week in what was a competitive game. This matchup should be really good against the Giants, as you mentioned. And, you know, I think it's worth I, – I mentioned this on the last podcast. I think it's worth mentioning again that the reason that they liked Ty Johnson and kept him around on the roster was that they were more impressed than they expected to be in his receiving uh, workload. And I think that that ends up being something that could help him because J.D. McKissick is like purely a scat, scat back. back yeah. And if Johnson can secure those workload or that bit of the workload and, you know, four targets last week, four catches, not for nothing, that's going to be important if, like I expect to, this team continues to take hit after hit and, and kind of fade into the Unravel. Abyss. Yeah. Well, we will see. In the meantime, I'm excited to see. I'm not excited. I'm intrigued to see if Matt Stafford can play up to expectation now that he will have to be more relied upon. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's interesting. Matthew Stafford, I mean, he's been throwing the ball deep a lot. So far, he only has one game under eight yards per attempt, and that's not been what he was the year before. So that's worth wondering, too, as he has to throw more. Are those deep shots going to come down because they have to Look, think about more chain moving throws to the running back, you know, like well, Danny Amendola is there. Oh, God, at least the Aritic is not. 
Oh, and also people coming at me about Danny Amendola seeing double-digit targets recently. No, no, no. Don't, like, do, don't do that to yourself. Don't do it. And I know the matchup looks good, but again, Hawk is getting all of those red zone looks at a continuous level. You have to imagine that that, what do you call it, that positive regression? Positive regression. To the mean? Positive regression to the mean. Positive regression to the mean means that he does score. And I like the matchup. So let's talk about um, something that Brett has titled a preseason post-mortem. And this was by inspired by the inspo for this next segment was provided by James Coe, our colleague. He tweeted out a graphic earlier in the week showing the top 18 players in ADP. Startling. And yeah, it's not great. Saquon Barkley, currently the RB29. Well, we know that injury has a lot to do with that. And I think we just mentioned the deficiencies that uh, the Lions run defense has undergone. So... If there's any way to get right, even with a yeah. half bad ankle, it's probably against line. So I'm not worried about Barkley, at least in week eight. Alvin Kamara, now that is someone I'm worried about in week eight. Obviously, was the RB2 in draft season. Currently, the RB11 missed last week. Do we think he can rebound? I say yes. I say yes, too. <laughs> is it only because Drew Brees is foolishly coming back from an injury uh, two weeks before he should? Well, is, is Breeze definitely coming back this week? He's going to be a, quote, game time call. But the sources, the sparrows. The sauces. Did you just lisp? No, I said the sauces. Oh, <laughs> I was like, that was amazing. Um, the sparrows have intimated that it is happening. Oh, well. I mean, I'm not as worried about him. It's so stupid. The, it's just yeah, so stupid. I know, you can have I know. a bye and then you get Atlanta your first real week back. And Teddy Bridgewater's playing, playing, you know, enough, well enough to keep the ship afloat. It's Arizona's past defense. Patrick Peterson isn't changing it that much. No. Anyway. And the one encouraging note that I think we have about Kamara is that they released Zach Zenner. And he went to Arizona the, yes. along with Alfred Morris. Uh, what is with this, like, effect? What, Alfred Morris? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, uh, we, we noticed... Uh, my pals and I back at NFL, we noticed that uh, Al Michaels, whenever he talks about Alfred Morris, he says Alfred Morris. And so there was a game, I think, when he was playing with Dallas, you know, he got a ton of work in in relief of Zeke. And it just was so apparent because he got like 20 carries. It was Morris and Morris up the middle. It was just, sorry, inside joke. Terrible. Alvin Kamara, we expect to rebound, not just because... Drew Brees is coming back, and that obviously affects his ceiling, which you pre you predicted correctly when Brees was lost in favor of Teddy Bridgewater because of the injury, but also because Zach Zenner's released. So now we know that maybe they're a little bit more comfortable with where he is. But also, if he rests, if he sits too this week and then goes into the bye, that would probably be nice overall. Like keep keep yeah. keep keep both the. I mean, I wish they'd keep both these guys in bubble wrap, like. Sean Payton, you know you got to be out there loving it uh, with all your backups. For what it's worth, Alvin Kamara um, was limited in Thursday's practice, didn't do much of anything. So back to the grid. Christian McCaffrey, he's a stud, <laughs> drafted RB3, RB1, coming off by, fresh legs, blah, blah, blah. Ezekiel Elliott, RB4, RB5. I think this is like whatever. Wash, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is interesting, wide receiver one, wide receiver seven. I, again, am not 
particularly worried about this. Will Fuller is now out of things. Kenny Stills has a great matchup this week. And he, we've been talking about Kenny Stills, I feel like, since the beginning of the season, since he was traded. Um, and he made an amazing play in week one. I still think that play in week one where he brought the game back to the Texans has given him an incredible amount of leash or rope here with mm-hmm. this offense. Um, it's I certainly ingratiated fair. himself. Yeah, I think that's fair. And um, I'm not worried about Hopkins either. But this was this here, was my watch out for my victory lap here. I mean, this is what I said was going to happen with Hopkins this year was just this with all these other weapons. He was going to have vertical looks shaved away. He was going to have overall targets shaved away. And I mean, that's what you're looking at here from wide receiver to wide receiver, wide receiver well, one to wide receiver you seven. Can but slow the, up that victory lap because Devontae Adams. You, how dare you not predict turf toe, Matt Harmon? How dare you? He was your wide receiver one, and he's the wide receiver 50. Yeah, you sound like my goddamn sister texting me about this. Like, what, what do I you mean, want me I mean, I like do? Emily Harmon. She's my favorite <laughs> Harmon roaster on the planet. What do you want me to do, Em? I didn't know the guy was going to get turf toe. I don't be better, Matt. I'll try, but definitely no promises. Devontae Adams, I don't— He'll be fine. When you he's think back. he's gonna be fine? Yeah, when, he's, when he gets back, he'll be fine. How do, how how soon? And I know you're not a doctor. Do you think he's gonna be back? Oh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> well, so but this is an interesting conversation because I don't know either. We're not medical doctors. People like to ask us all the time. But also, turf toe is like not a cool thing. That's a, a lingering issue. And if we are heading into these weeks that are make or break for fantasy squads, like I have a I have a roster in which I've just kept him there but man every week I'm tempted to drop him and do something because he's just vacating space and I don't do it because he was drafted so high but at what point do you cut bait I mean it's only week eight like it's a midway point of the season yeah it is but I mean really less it's definitely we're half more than halfway through the fantasy regular season but you're not I think for for your little theory about all these players coming back early at least this guy's like not pushed Mm. it to come back early it's not a theory. It's a wish. That's how bad it is. He won't even come back early. It's that bad. <laughs> maybe he's just listening to uh, you on cover three and like, you know what? I Maybe maybe I'll keep myself sad. Yeah, that's right. All right. David Johnson, RB5, RB8. Don't come at me. I'm like, this is not a burnt issue. Right? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, he's <laughs> hit you with that two point point two spot last week. So. But that was an in- again. This was p- because of an injury. But this how worried a- are we? The fact that they've now added Zach Zenner. That like I think Chase Edmonds is you can't put it back in the box. I didn't that think Chase looked player. good last week. I didn't think he was super explosive. I think he had an awesome matchup. I'm not touching but he him. Was, but like you messing with him versus New Orleans? Not necessarily. I think he's in. If Johnson sits, he's in consideration as like a RB two type of player sure. simply because of volume. And this rushing offense has been very good. And I think Edmonds before last week was a part of that too because he was offering that explosive change of pace dynamic i mean i don't know if he's a special player or not i don't really care i think that because the, running back talent doesn't matter because yeah because i think the system overall has provided some pretty solid lanes despite the fact that they don't have a great offensive line but i think edmonds in general one of those like can't put it back in the box players johnson to me talk about somebody who doesn't look as explosive as he used to be fine and zenner and maris being added in the same week i mean i think that's <laughs> That says that that can't be if we're saying it's oh, it's good that Camara for Camara's stock that they released sure. Zenner. It's definitely not good that someone else going to want to bring him in. I'm not de- I'm not denying that. But I also think you cannot complain about David Johnson's performance thus far. Oh, no. Yeah, if you are. I mean, 
get, get the hell out of here. And Chase just, Edmonds remains a stash. But again, people are underestimating this New Orleans Saints defense. It's what I said two weeks ago when Leonard Fournette was facing them, even though he was going to see a lot of volume. I would downgrade Chase Edmonds to like an RB30 situation. Like, I don't, he's not in my top 25. But anyway, Le'Veon Bell. RB6, RB17, he, his stock is up. We talked about him uh, as a buy low candidate a couple of weeks ago. If you did that, great. If you haven't, I'm sorry. Maybe you can still do it coming off of the game against New uh, New England. (laughs) Yeah, I think you might be able to flick out some offers after that mess. Um, But that's assuming that someone understands that the matchup was real bad. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of dummies out there playing fantasy football, but a lot of sharp. They're not listening to our show. Probably not. So, so that's why we, those guys. Yeah, that's why we're telling you to go ahead and uh, attack those dummies. Le'Veon f- Bell's schedule is amazing looking for him. Yep. His rest of season schedule is so crushable. Him and Sam Darnold both, I think, are nice little rebound players. Fantastic by low. So go put your offers out. Do your thing. Matt and I are self-proclaimed bad traders. So it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, where are you at on this? I mean, just the Jets offense after the last two weeks have been a real. <laughs> I mean, clearly. There is a solution, and his name is Chris Herndon. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Got, they got the goat himself coming back. I'm a little bit worried that Chris Herndon's, like, not 100% healthy. But I will say that working behind that offensive line that's out, that's without assembly, that's got Ryan Khalil banged up. I mean, you knew, and I said this on Cover 3, that Sam Darnold was going to spend most of his day on his back. And that is what happened. I mean, spoiler alert, we're doing costumes halloween costumes on ffl and someone i don't know who it's not me is going as the ghost of sam darnold which is perfect oh, the ghost that sam darnold sees saw, saw. yeah i'm sorry yes the ghost <laughs> the ghost that sam darnold sees that is perfect but again their schedule is awesome and i do think that this is a quarterback who needs a security blanket and chris herndon has proven to have good chemistry with him both in the preseason and down the stretch last year and i do think that when you see ryan griffin you know getting a couple of targets this team and chris herndon's fantasy managers need and so does sam darnold need him to work as a security blanket for a quarterback that's a bit spooked and also really didn't have i was disappointed that they just didn't have like any middle of the field work against a cover zero team. No Quincy and Nunwa too. No Quincy and Nunwa. I mean, they have Jamison. Cr- just wasn't a lot of man beaters to the middle of the field. And then you look at against that matchup last week. I think that really would have helped. I got a lot of feelings about the ghosts thing, but save it for column I'm writing this week. I will note this though. Robbie Anderson apparently is being shopped. Um, and yep. Jacksonville. Well, maybe he should have had a little more hustle out there. That would have been Last nice. week if you're being shopped. Jacksonville is kind of dead center in terms of like passing defense. If you look at like adjusted mm-hmm. yards per attempt and, but despite having just the 22nd highest average depth of throw allowed, they have, they have allowed the eighth highest yards per completion allowed. So they have been getting beat deep. If they, if your theory and your boy, Scott Pioli is lying to you about not showcasing players. I like this as a showcase moment against Jacksonville, which can be beat deep. For what it's worth, I don't know if I bought the not showcasing bit. And I think that is an excellent nug. And Matt Harmon, you deserve massive snaps for that one. Every now and again, I do something right. You do. I mean, your football analysis is great. Everything else subject to 
Julio okay. Jones was the wide receiver three. He's now the wide receiver six. Um, <clears throat> we talked about Muhammad Sanu leaving the Falcons. Julio Jones is still a stud. I'm not. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Zip it. Michael Thomas, wide receiver four. He's the wide receiver one. It's the most efficient receiver in the league. It's not flashy, but he's catching like, you know, 85% of the balls thrown his way by all of the quarterbacks. He's great. These The NFL's metronome at the wide receiver position. Just steady, steady beat. Here's an interesting one. OBJ is the wide receiver five. Now the wide receiver 28. Could this be a, I don't know. I mean, could this be a, you can't sell. Is this a sell candidate? No. What are you going to do? Sell Odell Beckham for what? Name recognition. People believing. I mean, this is like a nerdy move. There are plenty of like nerdy fantasy owners who are like, well, I will totally buy studs because the regression to whatever of the means says that this is a downfield threat and a special talent and I'm going to buy him and (laughs) it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Hi, I'm right here. And let me now make that case. Baker Mayfield is 31st this year in touchdown rate. That's touchdowns per pass attempt. Last year, he was top 12 in that metric. I think they're is going to be some positive regression there. He is only he, has he thrown multiple touchdowns in a game yet? I don't know. He only has five on the year. No, the answer is no. He has not thrown multiple touchdowns in any game yet. I think this passing offense is going to come back up a little bit coming off the bye. I th- especially if they make a trade for someone at the tackle position, but whether or not I think that overall this is an offense that's going to figure itself out. Maybe they come. I don't know if they're going to come out and like dust New England. Although I'm going to bet. I I I think you can. I think you can buy Odell Beckham right now. I think you can buy him, and if you do, you're going to have to sit for three weeks without him doing much. You've got at New England, at Denver. Chris Harris has been shut. Period. Down. Period. Versus Buffalo. Yeah, and yeah. then things lighten up Pittsburgh, Miami, Pittsburgh again, Cincinnati, Arizona, Baltimore. They do have a great end of season schedule. Right. So maybe wait a little I bit would longer. Say wait. And if you want to buy him right ahead of your playoffs, that is the moment to do it. Although you're risking uh, the owner saying, like, nah, if I made it this far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, yeah. you got to dance with the one who brought you. But. I don't think he's going to have a particularly good showing this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he flubs again at Denver. So if you are going to send out a trade offer for Odell Beckham, know the three weeks are going to be tough, and then you should ride pretty high. My only worry about – I understand what you're saying, and I'm not questioning the player's talent. My only worry about this offense, quote, figuring it out or this passing game figuring it out is that in games in which they've been dominant, Nick Chubb has been the engine. Yeah. And so you've got Kareem Hunt coming back, and – I'm just there seems to me in order in order for them to find balance, they're going to have to move away from Chubb. But that potentially means an L. Yes, that's a good point. That's problematic. The cream hunt thing is weird, like waiting off in the background. Let's keep going here. Tyreek Hill. Injuries. Wah. Wah. Todd Gurley. (sighs) What are you going to do? I mean, he's got a great matchup this week. I'm not doing a damn thing. Cincinnati is beatable. Fine. Travis Kelsey. Just hasn't been elite. It just hasn't found the end zone. Yeah. But fun fact, Matt Moore under center doesn't mean he won't score touchdowns. He scored eight in 2017 with both Ty- Tyreek Hill and Alex Smith throwing him the ball. So should be fine. Don't mess with it. 
also maybe don't take a tight end in the first round. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Offense Mixon. sucks. I mean, good luck. This guy's not coming back. Like, RIP. No. There's no return. You basically, the Joe Mixon's purpose the rest of the year 2019 is to be worth about 13 to $14 in Yahoo Daily Fantasy and every week make you think for about 65 seconds. Do I really want to take that plunge because of the value? Do I really want to do that to myself? And the answer is usually no. Well, the problem is he's so talented. And I like you. He's evading tackles every week, but the line is bad. The game flow doesn't work in his direction. Sorry you did it. There's no way out of it. It doesn't matter. James Conner, RB9, RB14. RB9, that blows my mind. Is it, should I wait? Is it now that you want to play a little Snell and Tell? Or, Ew, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I think you have a... It's a little story about Benny Snell now. Yeah, I added Benny Snell no! in the league. What do you want from me, all right? Spent, like, a decent chunk of my fab budget on him because... Uh, Snell and tell. Well, I need to come back in this league because <laughs> it's the only league that I, I probably have a shot in because everything else is just going to my My podcast listener league team, I got Chris Godwin and Dalvin Cook, and somehow I still have, like, one win. What the hell? Here is the thing about James Conner that I think people whiffed on. And that was they were expecting a copy and paste of Le'Veon Bell. And James Conner has only seen more than 15 carries in one game. And that was the last time we saw him in which he got hurt against the Chargers, was taken off the field with an injury, a quad issue, I believe. Yeah, he's had the bite arrest up. But like, clearly the Steelers understand his durability concerns. They don't want to feed him. And so while he does have uh, some some level of floor in participation in the passing game, when you've got Jalen Samuels out, you do have Benny Snell, who carried the ball 17 times in relief of Connor uh, and as part of that game against the Chargers two weeks ago. He only saw one target, right? So we know that Benny Snell is going to be used in the passing game. 89 total yards, five evaded tackles, two red zone carries. The matchup against the Dolphins is awesome. The uh, opposing running backs are averaging over 29 rush attempts versus the Dolphins. That's basically 15 damn carries for both of these running backs. Yeah, I mean, I think also with James Conner, by the way, the, the, the biggest issue is that they play for an offense now that is, you know, well under. Well, it was going to be under expectations anyways, and now it's just even worse that they have Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges back there. I think James Conner is, assuming he re- remains at this level of healthy, this is what he's going to continue to produce. He's going to get 15 carries a week at, you know. I think RB14 is about right. That's, that's it. about where he'll, where he'll finish. Somewhere. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver 7, wide receiver 41. You, I got to imagine with Rudolph back, they're going to try or they use the bye to try to get him more involved in the passing game. Of course, the big word there is try rather than succeed. Or, Do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's... It's problematic. I mean, it's the it's the same thing with um, same thing with Connor. The offense is way off expectations, and also he's dealing with being a number one receiver when he's not really a number one receiver. Take your stats from his first two years and shove it. I agree, hundred percent. You pounded the table. Use the Keenan Allen quote heading into the season. So. And last but not least, why he's not. I wasn't even going to talk about it. I mean, I mean, I, this was my favorite part. This is the part that made me laugh out loud with the graphic is. The 18th player drafted is Antonio Brown, drafted as wide receiver eight, and as James says, current ranking, WTF. So, yeah, terrific. Do you think he's going to end up in the league? Next year, probably. I mean, this year. No. No. They're going to let things cool off. I mean, just yikes. (laughs) Just yikes. So, Matt, 
every week we like to take it a matchup that we find particularly intriguing for whatever reason. It's up to us. Dealer's choice. You have chosen Philadelphia at Buffalo. What are you looking for? I and mean, what don't you care about? Fantasy sizzler right here. I mean, the Eagles, let's, let's talk about the Eagles side for a second. The Eagles, it's unbelievably embarrassing that any sort of juice, any sort of vertical ability from this offense has completely evaporated without Deshaun Jackson in there. Because if your entire plan to, to increase your offense's vertical capability was based around Deshaun Jackson and you had no other answer, and then that without him you have no other counterpunch, that is a bad look. Because J- Jackson is old. He's injured. He's been injured all the time now lately. You had to expect he would miss some games. And the receivers outside of Alshon Jeffrey with Jackson gone have been just straight up bad. Yep. Matt Collins can't do. JJ Arcega Whiteside has been a dust ball so far as a rookie. Per his head coach's admission. Nelson Aguilar. I mean, we know the story there. I mean, I think that, that you made a great point last week about Dallas Goddard, who, by the way, Came through with a touchdown. Yeah, he had a fumble, but rebounded with that touchdown. Beautiful. Yeah, so I think that's the basis of the offense going forward. I think when and if Jackson gets back, it will be Jackson and Jeffrey and then those two tight ends. And I think they'll try to keep the rest of these guys off the field as much as possible. The offensive line also hasn't been well. Like it's And Carson Wentz just, he doesn't look as like, comfortable in the eye of the storm as he used to this offense is just it's you look re- scared of getting hurt again yeah it's re- i mean it's really problematic like watching i know maybe i'm overreacting i don't think i'm overreacting to that cowboys loss because i think just overall this offense has looked way under expectations and like you know it's not going to be the cure for any of that is a road trip to buffalo mm-hmm. like the past defense is good and then on the bill's side i think this is a really good opportunity to see number one it's smoke season, baby. John Brown is crushing it. He's a true number one receiver. I've uh, been waiting five years for this to happen, so I will run this victory lap till I puke. But Great buy in DFS this week. 23 bucks for sure. I have in my lineup. I think I have him in my uh, – no, I didn't put him in my bargain section, but – he is great. Great. I have him. He I have isn't him in, in your bargain section. That's why I added him. The, very well done. I have I, I have him all in my lineups as well. Now, here's what's interesting. Despite the fact that Brown's been so good, this offense has been pretty bad on um, deep throws, which is weird because you you think of John Brown, great deep threat. Josh Allen, great, great big arm. Big arm. But uh, Buffalo's 73.7 passer rating on throws of 15-plus air yards is sixth from the league's basement. So they have not been a very good deep passing team. Uh, you know what is a great spot to get that right? Playing the Eagles secondary. (laughs) So Brown's a a great play this week. But I just, I really want, I'm more interested in seeing the fantasy takes, whatever. I'm more interested in seeing, can the Bills take this moment? Is this, is this a true legitimacy test for the Bills? Because everybody's honking about their five and one. Their five wins have come against their two fellow New York teams who are both a joke. Uh, The Bengals, who also suck. Uh, The damn uh dolphins who we know are tanking and of course the tennessee titans who under marcus mariota are painfully average so this is a legitimacy test because i think the most quality win among those five teams are against the titans and and that's like not a good look well they they do have washington next week so it's gonna get pretty hard for them soon tough scene yeah very good points matt all around the matchup i want to talk about is Tampa Bay at Tennessee. I missed 
not having the Bucks last week. You did? Mostly because I missed not using a quarterback to face them. They have been so generous to the quarterback position in week three. Oh, remember? That was the last time Daniel Jones looked good. That was the last time <laughs> Dave Gettleman was able to take a damn victory lap in week four. Oh, look, Jared Goff's problems have dissolved amazingly. That ain't true. He still sucks, but he did manage to throw three touchdowns and 500 damn yards. And it, like a load of turnovers, but nevertheless. Right, but nobody's looking at that when you're in the box for <laughs> the fantasy, baby. Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater passed for four touchdowns against them. It, it is the, the Tampa Bay secondary is the gift that keeps on giving. This week, they have. The Titans' new franchise quarterback, oh. Ryan Tannehill. I, however, ain't going to do it. I might say this is a great stream, but personally, I will not employ this because I have resolved to clean up my biggest issue heading into the season, which Antonio brought, which Antonio Brown reminded me of when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. We know Drink. who Ryan Tannehill is. I'm not saying that he can't get off against this defense. I'm not saying I ain't messing with Corey Davis either. Like, he he is talented. If I am going to mess with someone, I'm going to mess with A.J. Brown because, to me, he has flashed more consistently this season than Corey Davis. And also, Tampa Bay's run defense, really good. It's a tough spot for Derrick Henry. Um, not Marcus Marietta. Ryan Tannehill is going to be forced to put the ball in the air. Delaney Walker's got like two bad knees. Don't at me about Jonu Smith. Lord Jesus. That means that Corey Davis and <clears throat> A.J. Brown are going to do the bulk of their damage. And if you want to use those guys and stream them, it is fine. But again, one time, one time. Jonu Smith catching a stray in a big spot back there. Um, he, he had an opportunity to take the job away from Delaney Walker last year, and he was draft. His draft comps were he looks like a young Delaney Walker, and he couldn't do it. Don't at me. He got hurt, you know. I mean, it is what it is. You're right, though. But so here's here's the question. I agree with you. Like for any like, no reasonable person should spend a single second this football season asking. Do the Titans have a, a sneaky solution in Ryan Tannehill? Ugh. Like, the answer is no. Some takesmen will eventually do it, but no reasonable person should spend any time with that exercise. Like, But I think what, in the meantime, Ryan Tannehill can help reveal is that there is some— How bad Mariota was? Well, yeah, but I didn't need Ryan Tannehill's help for that. But what I think he can help reveal is just— so that there are some quality players on this offense. Like Corey Davis is not worth the fifth overall pick. He hasn't been that player, even when you isolate him from quarterback play, but he is a solid, he's a pretty good starting receiver. We both really like AJ Brown. And the only two games in which those two guys have gone off together are when they played the Falcons and Marcus Mariota got to play a non NFL defense and look like an, an actual quarterback. And last it's week, weak. Eight targets for for Brown. He catches six for over sixty. Corey Davis goes eighty for a and a touch. And I think they can have that type of week this week. Also, like Derrick Henry, you, I still have people in my mentions telling me he's not a good football player. He's a good football player, but the only thing that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do well is, is defend see, the run. And this is why I do think I will be very tempted to go all in on Ryan Tannehill at just twenty two dollars in Yahoo Daily Fine Fantasy for one week. Fine, Fine for, for one DFS. Week. I just want to make the point about the Bucs and why I think, obviously, they suck on defense. They're the only team right now allowing 
over 300 passing yards per game. And the reason I think they have come all the way kind of like they looked like a bit of a frisky unit to start the year. The reason they've come all the way back to earth is because the only team that blitzes at a higher rate than them is the Baltimore Ravens. And they're not converting those blitzes into sacks. They have just 13 sacks on the year, nine of which come from Shaquille Baird, who hasn't had a sack since, since week, week four. four. So this is the big and they're pro- so it's inherently a terrible thing to oversell on stopping the run because you're inviting teams to shred you through mm-hmm. the air. And then by blitzing so much, you're leaving the worst players on your defense in, in singled horrible up situations, positions. horrible positions. And I think that the Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback are good enough to take advantage. Listen, of to Ryan Tannehill this week, when you see when it is. 11.30 p.m. on a Friday or Saturday night, and you see those bubbles come up texting, fine, go have your fun, but do not expect avocado toast with him on Sunday morning. It ain't happening. That's your best analogy yet. A good man will make you avocado toast in the morning. Avocado toast is overrated. It's super easy to make. Add along, some chili flakes and do some other stuff. Anyway, along, Tampa along Bay. with some scrambled You have some you know, um, talk about Tampa Bay. Well, I mean, you say the Bucks are you're glad you're glad to have the Bucks back in your life. I, I I don't know if I'm feeling the same way. This Bucks team is, you know, I'm ready. They're every they're every year around this time. The 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 worst part about being a fantasy analyst, one of the worst parts, is that you have to stay plugged into every team, right? Because all the clowns out there have start sit questions for every single team. Mm-hmm. It's right about this time of year that I'm like. Yeah, they're the Bucks are this team every year. It's like the Bucks and the Giants that I just want to cast away and like not think about anymore. Like I don't want to think about the Bucks because they are what they are and they are that team. And it sucks that this week I think the guy I'm fading for DFS is Chris Godwin, which is the only reason I want the Bucks to still exist because I love Chris Godwin and he's just dropping a hammer every week on the haters who are like don't be don't believe the hype beware the hype you're hyping this player too much well apparently not because he's like the best wide receiver in the nfl this year the titans secondary has actually been pretty solid this year their pass rush is good i think they're going to force james into mistakes and i'm just not going to pay i think he's like one of the four three or four highest priced receivers this week he is uh just way too expensive to me in a game that and this is the worry about like going all in on Ryan Tannehill, right? Like this game has a 45 and a half point total, which isn't terrible, but also I could see it going under that total. And then it's like, you're looking at a quarterback and for DFS, great. Like he's going to hit value at $22, but it's just a tough scene. If uh, this doesn't turn into a back and forth affair. And I think Tennessee's defense might be the best unit. When you look at all four that are going to meet on Sunday. What are your feelings about Mike Evans? I mean, the feelings I have every week, which is like, He's going to get downfield looks. It's going to be volatile and it could be it could be really great or it could just be a kind of a wet blanket on your lineup. I have a tight end dart throw. Throw that. It's not OJ Howard because he's a little bit banged up. It is Cameron Brait, who has seen, yes, fewer overall targets on the season than OJ Howard, but has two touchdowns to OJ Howard's. How many, Matt? Oh, zero. Tampa, uh, the Tennessee Titans, vulnerable against, uh, they are vulnerable over the middle. Gave up over 100 yards to tight end position last week. This is a gettable matchup. Cameron Braid, only $12 in Yahoo DFS, especially if there's no OJ Howard. I think he's a sneaky stream. And again, yeah, I like that. If you're just looking for a touchdown, he has the ability to do that. Hell yeah. Uh, so 
I just said one of my bargains was Cameron Braid. I've got another one. It's DK Metcalf at Atlanta. We've talked about their not professional secondary in the ATL. Obviously, they're giving up a ton of yards to the slot position, and that makes Tyler Lockett a great get. But he's more expensive. He's also the more chalk play. DK Metcalf's big playability against this defense. I love it. I think he gets off. Yeah, maybe Jerron Brown gets in there. There's more risk involved. Maybe it's David Moore because DK Metcalf did fumble last week. But I'm not stressed about it. PD Sunshine. Thank you again, Chris Harris, for that reference. I am borrowing it. Don't at me. PD Sunshine is a forgiving guy. Metcalf is only $18. I'm in. Also really like the Indianapolis defense. This Good call. Oh, my gosh. They shut down Patrick Mahomes. They shut down uh, Deshaun Watson. Darius Leonard is a difference maker in this defense, which is why and they're only $12. Love the matchup against the Joe Flacco-led Ugh. Denver Broncos. That matchup is ideal. And also, as we said at the top of the show, no Emmanuel Sanders, only $12. Also, I talked about Darius Leonard. That is exactly why I don't like Philip Lindsay this week. He's my fade at 20 damn dollars. Philip Lindsay has looked good. This isn't because Royce Freeman managed the touchdown last week. Royce Freeman is $15, and I'm still not messing with him because Leonard shuts down all the running backs. Yeah, no. I mean, I love the I love that call. I mean, who did more to help the Chiefs win in week seven after Patrick Mahomes went down? Matt Moore or Joe Flacco? Oh, very good point. Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco is the obvious answer. Yes. Also, Garrett Bowles, sorry, Brett, like the worst. The Don't worst. say sorry. <laughs> We've, as a Bronco fan, I've been on the Garrett Bowles is trash bandwagon for. Uh, if you want a good, I, uh, if you want a good listen, definitely listen to uh, Mike Lombardi's podcast this week, a total takedown of John Elway, where he says that, uh, by the way, John Elway apparently makes $12 million a year to do all that. You hate to see it. Can't wait to be drafting some what do other. Do with that much money? Do you know, what, like, you would like you would. I would be acting a f- fool if I made that much. I money. I would, and I'd be saving the damn world. Ah, uh, yeah. I would absolutely. Like, I mean, you could like twelve million dollars. You know how many like inner city schools you could turn around? How many like situations you could fix with that kind of money? But no, let's like make a ranch in Colorado. I mean, I'm okay with having a ranch in Colorado. I would rescue a bunch of horses and put it on that ranch. As Matt, you always say, like, why can't it be both? Both, hashtag both things can be true. Both things, yeah, that thing. Yeah, you can, the, you can, you can yeah. save the world and like maybe act a fool every now and again. But it's like you're right. Twelve million dollars is like a I a, can't, year. a year, a year. It's not like in his life. Yeah, like I can't comprehend that much money. Like I get a raise here, and I'm like, damn, hell yeah. And then it's like twelve million dollars. What does that even mean? I would buy a bunch of jeeps. Can you imagine the like hot pink jeep? on lifts that would like roll into the parking lot here whatever i would be working anymore <laughs> i was gonna say you're making 12 million dollars you you still come up here to do this podcast with me i don't think so no i mean i like, I would the, po- just I like troll the podcast you. I, w- I would just troll you with the pig jeep like blaring lizzo from the parking lot you're still driving yourself in this scenario oh yeah that's good I'm a control freak that's good of you yeah Anyway, so yeah, don't play. I'd Phillip be hiring Lin- ranch hands, though. Yeah, don't play Philip Lindsay in uh, Week Eight Daily Fantasy. Ranch hands. Now I'm thinking about ranch hands. Oh boy. Casting call. Not. Do you have bargains and fades? Yeah, well, I, my <laughs> fade was Chris Godwin. So. Oh right, right, right. Do you have a bargain, babe? I got two bargains. Go for it. Number one, Jamal Jamal Williams, the or in the Al Michaels translation, Jamal Williams. So. Jamal Williams, $16 in Yahoo Daily Fantasy. They are playing the Kansas City Chiefs, the 29th-ranked rushing defense by DVOA. Uh, Everyone will be all over Aaron Jones. Can't wait for Jamal Williams to sneak one in there, Um, especially because I expect the Packers to be able to control this game if Patrick Mahomes does. Which is such a—God, 
this is why God is dead is because there, like, there is no, <laughs> I, don't at me. It's just a joke. This is why life is not fair is that you've got, we could have had Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers on a Sunday night football throw for throw shootout. And now we've got Matt Moore out there. He was a goddamn scout like three minutes ago. For the Dolphins, so well done. Even better. <laughs> Anyways, the, my other bargain is Kenny Stills at $17 for the reasons that you mentioned. The Raiders get trounced out of the slot. They just got hammered last week by the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers. 17 bucks is a lovely price for a player like Stills that. Stills also super efficient. Yeah, he's the, he's the man. Well, we'll be back on Sunday night with our Week 7 recap. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Lowe's underscore FF. That's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we are out. 